0: Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Do Hongyu. Coming up in this edition, the Israeli military says fighting in Gaza has resumed, claiming Hamas violated the ceasefire agreement. The UN Climate Change Conference has operationalized a fund to help vulnerable countries struggling with climate change. Two people are dead and 10 wounded following missile attacks in the Donetsk region. We start from the Middle East. The Israeli military says fighting in Gaza has resumed, claiming Hamas violated the ceasefire agreement. The announcement came after a week-long truce, which was extended twice, expired. Israel said it intercepted a rocket fired from Gaza in the hours before the truce was set to end, while Hamas-affiliated media reported sounds of gunfire and explosions in the north of the coastal strip. Sam Metnik has this report from Jerusalem.
1: 7 a.m. local time, Israel said that Hamas violated the ceasefire and it was resuming its combat. They said that Hamas fired rockets into Israel, that it intercepted them. Throughout the morning, there have been air siren alerts in southern Israel. Israel said that its fighter jets are now attacking in Gaza, and there have been reports of smoke and rocket sirens in Gaza right now. This ends this seven-day truce that we've seen, and what we saw during that truce was about 107 hostages released, 83 of them Israeli nationals, and the rest were foreign nationals. We also saw 240 Palestinian prisoners released during that time. There were intense mediation efforts from Qatar, the United States and Egypt. Right up until this point, until about two hours ago, we weren't sure if it was going to continue or not. But what we did know, what conflict analysts had warned, that as the ceasefire continues, as more hostages were released, it was going to become harder to extend it. There are less and less hostages that Hamas can can bargain with in order to get that 24-hour ceasefire. And there are more men and soldiers now who are hostage in Gaza. And it is very likely that Hamas is going to demand greater concessions to get them out, and those might be demands that Israel might not agree to.
0: That was medic reporting. For more about the situation on the ground after the ceasefire came to an end, here's Al Satari in Gaza.
2: Well, the situation is extremely intense. In the very first 30 minutes of the resumption of the fire, around seven Palestinians were killed. Two of them came to this particular area in the reception and emergency department at Central Gaza Hospital, Shuhada al-Aqsa two others were the five others were killed in Jabalia area in Abasan area and in Rafah there are also some heavy bombardment taking place targeting different houses in Sheikh al-Rudwan area in Gaza City and also in Gaza north some other houses were targeted so very intense fire very large number of people killed and injured and even the fire started before the official End of the ceasefire. So it's a heavy bombardment in the background. The unmanned drones are hovering all over the area, not only in central Gaza, but in my on my way from Khan Yunis to central area, I could hear them, and also on my on my way, 30 minutes ago, I could hear them hovering, I could hear them bombing, I could hear them also. I could see the smoke coming out from different areas in east and west Khan Yunis, and this is the very same case that applies to all different parts of the Gaza Strip. So it's ongoing bombardment. Initial reports are indicating very large number of Palestinians killed and injured, officially seven of them are killed and other around 25 to 30 are injured. So it looks like the fire is intensive and is continuing to be intensified and we are hearing now frequent reports about more houses being targeted and about more exchange of fire in the area of Gaza Middle Zone and in the area of is Nitsarim that was controlled by the Israeli army where which they were allowing the people into from moving from the north to move to the south so it's a heavy fire and it's a very intense resumption of that fire and it looks like situation is aggravating by the second now
0: that was Al Satari from gaza Staying in the Middle East, the ongoing United Nations Climate Change Conference COP28 in Dubai has operationalized a fund to support the world's particularly vulnerable countries in their efforts to cope with the loss and damage caused by climate change. It's seen as a major breakthrough at this year's conference. Germany and host nation the United Arab Emirates each pledged 100 million U.S. dollars toward the fund. Adola Mahouri reports.
3: Egypt, the president of the last conference of parties and the leader of all COP negotiations during the last year, says it's extremely worried. Giving his final words as president of COP27, Egyptian Foreign Minister Sema Shukri said that climate financing is shrinking at a time it should be doubling.
4: Rather than increasing climate finance from developed countries, actually it's decreasing in relation to the growing needs and the increasing cost of finance in developing countries. The expansion of fossil fuel exploration and production, in particular of coal, in countries that previously committed to substantially phase down. Another worrying sign is the increased gap in renewable energy expansion and availability.
3: The United Nations climate body UNFCCC too is alarmed.
4: We are taking baby steps,
3: stepping far too slowly from an unstable world that lacks resilience to working out the best responses to the complex impacts that we are facing. We must teach climate action to run because this has been the hottest year ever in humanity. So many terrible records were broken. Science tells us we have around six years before we exhaust the planet's ability to cope with our emissions, before we blow through 1.5 degree limits the presidency of COP moved to Sultan Ahmed Al Jaber the former head of the Abu Dhabi national oil company leading one of the biggest power companies in the world Al Jaber called participants to lead what he described as unconventional changes in climate negotiations since Paris we have made some progress
2: but we also know that the road we have been on will not get us to our destination in time. We must look for ways and ensure the inclusion of the role of fossil fuels. We collectively have the power
3: to do something unprecedented." The UAE says COP this year will engage intensively with high-emission industries like aluminum, steel, cement and public transportation. Unlocking affordable green financing for developing countries and allocating finance for the loss and damage fund remain to be a major challenge and a target for participants this year. Criticism fell on the UNFCCC for choosing an oil-rich nation like the UAE to lead and influence climate talks throughout the next year. However, some say that the Gulf nation's influential power in the oil and gas field could finally ease the usual deadlock with oil giants across the world.
0: That was Andal el-Muhuri on a major outcome achieved at the ongoing UN Climate Change Conference in Dubai. Now we turn to Europe. Two people are dead and 10 others wounded following overnight missile attacks in Ukraine's eastern Donetsk region. Russian forces have occupied much of Donetsk since the beginning of the conflict as they seek to take over the entire region. Meanwhile, Ukrainian troops made some advances on the left bank of the Dnipro River in the southern Kherson region. Megumi has more from Kiev.
5: Well, temperatures have dropped in Ukraine and the winter cold has begun to bite, especially for those fighting on the front lines. And after a severe winter storm battered regions across Ukraine over the weekend, more than 500 settlements in 11 regions are still without power. Russia launched six S-300 missiles and 20 Shahid drones toward the Donetsk region overnight and Ukraine's Air Force said it shot down 14 drones. An apartment building in the Pokrov's district was hit by a missile trapping at least five people under the rubble. One person was found dead. Interior Minister Ihor Klimenko said 10 people, including four children, were injured as a result of the attacks over on the front lines fighting has not come to a halt despite harsh conditions president volodymyr zelensky visited soldiers on the kupiansk front in the east on thursday and thanked them for their service russian forces have continued their efforts to encircle and capture the battered city of Avdiivka, which has been the focal point of intense fighting for the past month And according to the Institute of the Study of War, Ukrainian troops made some advances on the left bank of the Dnieper River in the southern Kherson region. Russian military bloggers say 400 more Ukrainian troops have dug in near the Krinki settlement in Kherson in an effort to expand the bridgehead Ukrainian marine units established last month.
0: That was Megumi Lim reporting. Finally, in Africa, the African Union has called for an immediate and unconditional ceasefire in Sudan. The eight-month conflict in the North African country has displaced millions and sparked a humanitarian crisis. The African Union's statement was welcomed by civil groups in Sudan. But many believe more efforts are needed for lasting peace.
4: Joi Kiruki-Juma has more. The conflict in Sudan has entered its eighth month. Over 9,000 people have died in the fighting, while millions have been displaced. Away from their homes and without any income to support them, many of these are in desperate need of humanitarian aid. But the widespread fighting and insecurity is making that very difficult. The African Union has condemned what it called the destructive and unjustified conflict between the Sudanese army and the paramilitary group known as the rapid support forces non-combative political groups welcomed the call we view the african union statement as expressing the aspirations of the sudanese people we in freedom and change believe in a basic principle and a basic value which is the value of peace Observers and politicians are counting on the African Union as well as an upcoming regional summit to help with a push for peace in the war-torn country. Some analysts feel the statements and actions from the African Union can influence the warring parties. International efforts are ongoing to find a solution. But many feel these efforts aren't concentrated enough, with various peace initiatives pulling in different directions. The unification of mediation efforts into one strong and meaningful international call for peace and reconciliation, could it be enough to sway the leaders of the warring parties? That was Joy Kirukijuma reporting.
0: Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. The Israeli military says fighting in Gaza has resumed, claiming Hamas violated the ceasefire agreement. The UN Climate Change Conference has operationalized a fund to help vulnerable countries struggling with climate change. Two people are dead and 10 wounded following missile attacks in eastern Ukraine's Donetsk region. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Dohong Yu. Thank you for listening.